What is up, homies? Welcome back to another review from Heroes Reforged. We are going to be talking about Chloe Zhao's Eternals. We got to see a little bit early. We will be starting in the discussion with a non-spoiler segment. So don't worry if you haven't seen the movie yet. It's all good. We won't spoil it for you. We will let you know when we switch over to spoilers. But before we get into review, I want to let you know we have merch. We're currently selling our Heroes Reforged t-shirt. Links down in the description. Also, check us out on Patreon. We've got a lot of exclusive reactions. We are just starting Squid Games. A lot of people seemed very excited about us doing that show. Outside of that, uh, we just launched the first episode of Chexicans, our brand new podcast. It's available on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever most podcasts are sold. Check that out. Check out the video. We had a really good time reuniting for the first time in two years. We... we we got our next episode is also going to be a Patreon exclusive. So that's another reason to join the Patreon. It's going to be just like pretty much a straight up Q&A, Adam, like yeah. just answering questions that people, hey, things that people want us to talk about. Time. It's just going to be a good time. <laughs> I'm going to be answering Patreon, ex Patreon exclusive questions. So if you want to ask yeah. a question, yeah. go to the Patreon, ask a question, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. And, and right. it will be in person. It will be yes. in person. Don't worry. Don't it worry. will be in this. Now people might recognize yeah. this. Yeah. 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 Podcast. <laughs> um, so let's get into Eternals. Like we said, non-spoiler stuff. Hector, you got to go to the premiere. You got to like have the coolest Eternals experience. But what was the experience like of watching the movie? Um, I absolutely did. And a couple things you got to know about me that I will flat out admit up front is that this is my favorite franchise. The MCU is my favorite movie franchise of all time. So yes, I am a fan. I'm already kind of a built-in fan. And uh, it was a really cool experience to go to the premiere. But even through all of that, those kinds of experiences, hopefully they don't kind of you know, uh, make you, I guess more. Yeah. Hopefully they don't just make you love the movie. If, and if you had seen the movie in another context, you wouldn't love it the same. I right. think mm -hmm. I'm good on Eternals because it's not my favorite Marvel movie, but it still blew me away in a lot of ways. And I want to talk about it. And there's a bunch of stuff to talk about with specifics, but ultimately for me, and I went with Abby and we both got to see it early and Abby, I think, liked it less than I did because she was also hung up on some like premise, like the like the basic premise of the movie, which is totally fair. But I remember her explaining it to me and I was kind of like, that's just comic book shit. Like I was like, that is a <laughs> that is a comic book Marvel trope yeah. that we'll get into that. I didn't even it didn't even register with me like I didn't even clock it. So for me, I really, really enjoyed the movie. I loved characters i loved moments and i loved the differences that it has from other marvel movies i think that that's its strength is the way that it's different from other mcu movies the same way that like shang chi what did it bring to the table because we've seen mcu movies with heroes and a hero's journey and then they fight a villain and you know these are movies that have formulas because they are based on marvel comics and marvel comics have formulas and that's all good but shang chi brought that like augustine like you said that kung fu was not whack so that mm, was dope. all baby yeah and what does eternals bring i think eternals brings some intimacy and closeness and like emotion to the mcu that we normally don't get and i really love the pace of the movie but it is like long and it didn't yeah. feel long but it did feel like we went through 10 different characters stories you know what i mean it's a it's a big epic movie and um, at the end of it, I was extremely satisfied and really blown away at parts and also felt like it almost could have done 
more to be included in the MCU. Mm. There's some stuff that I that I didn't love about the movie. Then I think that's honestly one of them. And it's weird to say that because it's like everyone's like these movies they can't be too overly connected, which is true. But I almost think like there was almost a, a, a hesitance to be connected to the larger MCU because it wanted to set itself too. apart that I, right. That I was like, yeah. if this was another sci-fi movie on its own, there would be other stuff we'd be seeing, but it's almost like we're not seeing it because the Marvel cinematic universe is like, well, we're going to show you that later yeah. and they will deliver. There's no, you know, there's no worry that like, Oh, we're never going to get a sequel to this. Like we'll see a sequel probably. And we'll see these characters in a, like all of that stuff is going to happen. So some people were saying, I saw online that they were like a lot of how I feel about Eternals depends on like what they're going to do with Eternals part two or what they're going to mm -hmm. do, you know, later, which is kind of unfair to that singular movie. And I agree. It's like, yeah, that, that is, that is a weird feeling to be like, oh, this was great. But how I feel about this, it's like, where are these characters going to go? Where's the story going to go? I'll tell you my ranking too. It it cracked my top ten. It's in it's okay. it came in right number ten under Shang Chi, but above like Black Widow and a lot of the MCU shows this year. Mm -hmm. But I still mm -hmm. think Shang Chi was just like a more fun movie going experience. So I loved it. But mm -hmm. Eternals cracked that top ten. You know, it's coming in at number ten, which is to me upper mid tier or lower high tier. Lower like elite it's, tier. it's lower elite tier. Lower it's it's lower elite tier Marvel. And um also yeah. side note too, uh, however I feel about the end product coming all together, I am enamored with this cast. I think that Sama Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Gemma Chan, this this cast is amazing and I really love the director. So I'm big fans of everybody who worked on the movie. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys because we're not recording this the night you saw it. You guys were like, I, want, I need some time to process yeah. my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. initially, Adam, you texted me and you were like, like, I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm somewhere, I'm, maybe I'm somewhere in the middle with yeah. it, kind of, you know, halfway on it. And Augustine, you said a real interesting thing where you were like, I didn't love it, but I don't believe that it's deserving of some of the criticism that you're seeing. So that's right. interesting too. So I want to crack your heads open, boys. How did you feel about Eternals? God, Where are you God. at? I want to suck on that brain juice. Where do you, what are you thinking? <laughs> Give it to me. My initial, my initial thoughts when the movie ended, well, first of all, that end credit scene got spoiled for me completely, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Um, but yeah. my, my initial thoughts when that movie was ending, and even as the movie was kind of playing through, I'm thinking, this is very dense. This material is very expansive. It has the potential to take us to a part of the MCU that we've never really seen before. You know, things like the Celestials and the beginning of time and all that sort of stuff. And I love that premise. I think it's such an interesting premise to see how the MCU was sprinkled in throughout time. I think for me, the big thing that I had a little bit of tough time with some of the editing and some of the pacing of the way things happen. I don't consider this a spoiler, but there's a lot of jumping back and forth between time. And sometimes mm -hmm. it was a nice pause and a nice break from things that were happening in the movie. And sometimes um, it felt a little bit too distracting for me. So the thing that I definitely think that is worth giving credit to this movie is the scale and the scope of the movie. I think it's so big. And it's probably like one of the biggest scale movies that the Mar that the that Marvel Studios has done since the last two Avengers movies. And I think for an origin story, that's pretty ambitious to do a movie that introduces 10 new characters on top of introducing the Deviants, on top of introducing Celestials, on top of introducing any sort of like supporting side character into the story. So I think yeah. it's a very mm -hmm. ambitious film in that regard. And it was weird too, because we had seen, Augustine and I had seen Dune, three, four days ago. I forget exactly when mm -hmm. it was. And I think both of those movies are so big and expansive and are doing very mm -hmm. big, ambitious things. 
And I couldn't help but walk out of Eternals and think, man, I'm a little bummed that they either didn't make the movie longer or they didn't just say, you know what? Let's split the story in half, somehow recalibrating the second half of the movie into its own, yeah. into like a sequel. I think yeah. ha had I had that opportunity to maybe live with the movie a little bit more, and that's already asking a lot because the movie, like you said, Hector, it really breathes and it lets you spend time with, with the characters. But I think it focuses on certain characters way more than others. And I feel like mm -hmm. some characters, I don't still don't really know who they are. And of course, like in sequels, we can develop all those things. But at that point, I'm like, well, then maybe you should have just cut the roster to like five and save the other five for the next movie. Mm -hmm. um, the one big thing for me that I thought was really, really cool. I think that the pandemic, despite all of the negative things that have come from it, the one positive thing that this movie benefited from was the visual effects. It is probably one of Marvel's best looking films. Like the visual effects were so yeah, damn man. good. Yeah. I was yeah. really, really impressed. And I think mm -hmm. it was really important for this movie to look good because yeah. it is going through so much time and it's so many characters. Like we mm -hmm. see some power sets that we've seen little bit bits of in other movies and other superhero movies. And this was really impressive, like really, mm -hmm. really impressive. So I, I think, yeah, dude, Icarus, I, Icarus flew and it was yeah. like, this doesn't remind me of Superman, but it's very, it just felt right. Yeah. And yeah. with his Akari vision or like, one yeah. for me. Yeah, I think the Super use speed. of her power set was so mm -hmm. freaking mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. also like part of the part of it also goes like into some of my like things that I wasn't so crazy about is some of the characters, they had power sets that I felt didn't really benefit the team too much. And mm -hmm. on paper, they were kind of pushed off to the side and they were only mm -hmm. brought in for like very sp specific things. And I'm like, that kind of mm -hmm. works. But I think mm -hmm. like the Ninja Turtles, they all have very specific characteristics. They all have very specific kind of jobs on the team. But when they're mm -hmm. fighting the Foot Clan or whoever it is, they're all fighting together. And I feel like right. these characters kind of were like off doing too many different things. Um, but aside from that, like, again, I think the scope is commendable. I think doing an origin story of this scale and scope was really, really cool. But I think the first third of the movie, the editing is really kind of like fast paced and then slow, fast paced and then slow. I feel like the the second act of the movie where the family, where we're spending a lot of time with the family, that was where my favorite moments. Mm -hmm. And that's where like people like Kumail Nanjiani really got to shine. Where in the mm -hmm. first third of the movie, I'm like, there's nothing really happening with this character. But then from there mm -hmm. on, I was like, yes. So I, I was yeah. hoping that we get more of that throughout. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Like earlier this yeah. year, Black Widow, a scene that was maybe trying to get cut, but like yeah. people were fighting for it. Black Widow, the dinner scene. The dinner and scene, it's the best yeah. scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. And same sort of thing with this. Once you have these characters and these actors actually sitting in a place or talking to each other or interacting, you're like, yeah. this is great. I could watch all of this, you yeah, know, because, totally. because Marvel's really good at that. There's this little part of me that thinks maybe this would have been better as a Disney Plus show because we would have had more time with these characters. At the same time, we would probably would not have gotten this scale or maybe we would have i don't know because mm, yeah. they're investing mm -hmm. a lot of money into those disney plus shows yeah. so mm -hmm. I, i'm i have like mixed feelings about the movie i definitely don't dislike the movie i didn't walk out of it with the same satisfaction as i did walking out of shang chi which is crazy because that was just two months ago um mm -hmm. but i think there's like a lot of ambition and there's a lot of really cool ideas that are all over the screen and it's a visual treat in my opinion we got to see but, it in IMAX too. Yeah, so we, oh yeah, we saw it on IMAX, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, which I, which is how I would recommend it.
I think it's not an unfair thing to say that this movie bit off maybe more than it could chew, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. again, we're commending the bite. We're like, that's a big bite. Yeah. That's what we want to see these movies do is take big yeah. old bites and big swings. And I've seen how not every one of the decisions in this film has like hit with everybody. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. and I think that the stuff that did hit with me is because of me being a huge Marvel fan, yeah. me being me having a little familiarity with the comics versions of the characters. Yeah. They're still very, very different, but I'm still like, say, okay, I have, okay. I have no clue. I don't for know sure, anything about for sure, Eternals for sure. before this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not yeah. like you should have to read a comic book to yeah, get exactly. a movie. That's not what it is. That's I'm just like, oh, I enjoy- to give you all the context you need. I just, I just enjoyed it. And I'll tell you why when we get to the spoiler thing, the specific calling upon my comic knowledge. Augustine, hit me with it, man. How did you feel about the movie? <laughs> hit me with your uh, best shot. I'm, I'm, in the same, I'm in the same boat as Adam. Um, one really strong aspect of this movie that I absolutely loved was the visual language that Chloe Zhao set up for this whole movie. The whole world felt authentic and lived in and like that these characters could exist in a place like this. Some of the scenes where, like, I felt really sad in in some of the scenes that were back in time. And I was just mm. like, oh, oh my goodness, this is, I'm seeing things happen that maybe I shouldn't, but like the visual language was set up so well and the VFX were done so well that I really felt some of those things. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. uh, I think she set up such a great world, like the way the the, the power sets were presented, the way some of the backdrops and backgrounds and environments were presented, they were just absolutely immaculate. And Adam's 100% right. The VFX were top tier as yeah. good as I've seen in the past 10 years. It's just Especially because we just came VFX. from watching Dune. Right. And those and visual VFX, effects are uh, astounding. A thousand percent astounding. Those visual wow. effects were great. And we also saw Dune in IMAX as well. So it was it was like an apples to apples comparison here. And they were right on par with each other. But the other thing that I think made suffered a little bit from this movie is that biting off more than you can chew. This scope of this story is so huge. It made it really difficult. As, as good as a storyteller that Chloe Zhao is, it's very difficult to present 10 new or 10 new characters and like all, all of these things happening and make it work. And it, it did suffer a little bit in a bit of the storytelling. There were a few characters that I cared little to nothing about. And there was, there was a lot of characters that I really, really liked as well. And so I just, I want to commend and not gloss over the fact that she did it. And that like she presented it in one movie in a cohesive way. And that in itself is an achievement to be able to tell Mm -hmm. a story in such a huge scope and be able to tell it so clearly. It was a long movie, granted, uh, but I feel like she gave us time to breathe with some characters. She gave us time to really kind of like try to dive into some characters and it worked sometimes and sometimes it didn't work. But overall... Mm -hmm. Like I said, like you said earlier, Hector, I don't think it deserves the hate that it that it's getting from some of the critics because it's not a cookie cutter Marvel movie. It's not anything that we've seen in the MCU before. And that's what I love about it, because it doesn't feel like a Winter Soldier. It doesn't feel like looking back at all the Captain America movies, they all feel like they're all cut from the same cloth. Mm. This is new. This is different. This is not your grandma's mcu basically uh and mm-hmm. so yeah i i i think that this is why i needed some time to really mull it over because some of the things didn't work for me but other things worked really really well for me that mm-hmm. we'll get into the spoilers about that i feel like this movie is still very middle of the road mcu but uh 
the the backlash is getting, I think it's very unfair because people mm. expect something from the MCU. They expect whatever they've been getting for the past 10 years and each each person mm-hmm. experiences it very differently. So it's mm-hmm. impossible to say what, but uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Adam, I didn't walk out of that movie jumping and cheering for any of the characters, but in yeah. the movie, I did jump and cheer for some of the characters when some of the things happened. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, but I feel like it's spoiler time so we can get into some let's spoilers. Before we just, get the spoilers, regardless of how we feel, I feel like everyone who is a fan of the MCU and has been following Definitely. the MCU for all these years, you should go see this movie regardless of what any critic says. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I always feel disheartened when I go on Twitter and people are constantly like trying to find out what's the Rotten Tomato score, what are the critics saying. I feel like for, and, and this goes for any movie, regardless if it's the MCU or if it's DC, Star Wars, whatever. Yeah. If you really want to experience a movie, just go see it for yourself, formulate mm-hmm. your own mm-hmm. opinion and mm-hmm. let it sit with you and see how you feel especially yeah. if there are folks who which i don't think are really going to be watching our stuff but folks who are like casual marvel movie fans uh who do look for like well what are the critics saying oh it's mm-hmm. got that yeah. rotten tomatoes percentage i'm gonna skip it it's like you know what go see this one because yeah. maybe this is the one that's like this is the one you've been waiting for maybe yeah. maybe this is gonna jive with you really really well you know you're not interested in ant-man or spider-man or any of the man's but then you get to Eternals and because it's different <laughs> enough, you might go like, yeah. this is my, this is my shit. This is my shit. So, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're a casual, but I don't think we've got any casual fans watching our stuff. You guys, I no. think we have people who watch it all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to get into some specifics with the spoilers real quick in terms of the visual effects. I have to call out the scene where Icarus was fighting this deviant and it's a fight and this deviant's a big CG creature, but the, the deviant kept pinning down Icarus's face as he kept trying to get up. And I was, was like, the how did they do this? Yeah. It was yeah, in the jungle. Was in the I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, how did they, this, the kind of blending of now the clip that they keep sharing was like the opening five minutes of the movie when they first arrived on earth kind of a thing. Yeah. And they were fighting these deviants and protecting like early, early man. Um, isn't the most visually impressive. It's all very kind of tan. And that like tan landscape, I forget where they were, just desert. But like every one of the fights with the deviants in whether it was the modern time or anytime they showed up or eat like in the Amazon jungle, I was really impressed with how they were blending the interactivity with Mm -hmm. the environment, you know, and Icarus fighting him. All of the fights felt like they were not choreographed and staged, but more like Mm -hmm. they were like rough and tumble, random brawls, like a real random thing that's happening. And I'm like, they had to CG every frame of this. It, it's crazy how they were able to pull that off. So I love that for the visual effects. I thought the fight with Makari and Icarus at the end, showing mm-hmm. her, you know, charging the him. and the abilities. It, like yeah. that stuff, even though there, a lot of it is obviously CG, it feels like it has real weight to it, which I thought was really mm, yes. cool. I yes. actually enjoyed I, her power set more than Icarus and Thena's power set. Because mm. they were supposed to be the action brawler kind of like choreographed fight kind of people. But yeah. Watching her just dash around and and the way they conveyed the speed without using any like time lapse slow down slow mo or anything like that, mm-hmm. I think was great. I think it was a really great call because I mm-hmm. really felt the power behind, especially in that one scene where she just clobbers Icarus into the mountain. Great, yeah, was great awesome. use, yeah. great use of those powers. That was really awesome. I love that moment where they were. I forget who tells Makari where they were like, "Go find the celestial," and she's already like. Yeah. on another part of the planet yeah yeah god it was so cool okay i think yeah. the easiest way we can do this is if we go through the characters one at a time there's 10 characters and mm-hmm. the way they split them up is five of them are like fighters and the other five of them are like mental 
mm-hmm. or kind of builders. So let's do the fighters support, first. Support you characters. Have, they're support characters. They're, the, they're support characters. You have Thena, Angelina Jolie. I thought she was fantastic. I thought this was an interesting character, but it's very surface level. Could they go more places later? Yes. And I think that it is interesting that she survived. And so we may see Thena again, con- conceivably, in like an Eternals, yeah. you know, sequel. To be uh, what do you guys think was, of Thena? Uh, she's the one character for me that I was like, why is Angelina Jolie in this movie? She's yeah, not, exactly. Why she's did not, they choose Angelina for this role? Yeah, it's she's odd. not doing yeah. much, but some of some of what her story requires is kind yeah. of a big deal. And yes, I felt right. like yes. we should shouldn't we be spending more time with her and understanding mm-hmm. exactly what's happening? And then we do understand what's happening, but it's still kind of like murky water. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I Listen, feel like I need to spend I, I, a little bit more time with that character. Like like you guys are saying earlier, not all of his characters in this film are treated equal with the same sort of running time. And right. the Athena Gilgamesh pairing is like we got to see these characters maybe the least and they were sort of steeped in tragedy and Mm -hmm. i was sad when gilgamesh died but i was also like i mean i was sad when any of the characters died and we'll get to that a little bit later but i was but i was very like i was just it's just very interesting to try to figure out again when we learned how they made infinity war and endgame and the deliberation they went through to be like which characters are getting dusted and which characters are surviving Mm -hmm. i feel like the same sort of thing was happening here story-wise they're like who can we afford to lose and who do we need to hold on to forever thena is she was in this movie surface level i thought angelina jolie did a fantastic job and i think that it was very thena's almost like wonder woman She's literally Athena in in mythology, and I feel like twenty yeah. years ago Angelina could have played Wonder Woman in a movie. Ten years ago, she could have like that. It's a similar sh- like type of character for me. This mm-hmm. stoic, amazing warrior, mm-hmm. um, Gilgamesh. I thought he was super cool. Would have liked I to have seen more of him, Gilgamesh. but really like <laughs> funny, him. loyal. You know, like it wasn't a romantic relationship, but maybe it was. Like, I just like yeah. that that vagueness of some of these characters' pairings. Because yeah. I identified with Gilgamesh the most. He's a, <laughs> yeah. he's a thick boy, loves to cook, has a great sense of humor. Like his power set is just no. Like, there's no bullshit with this he's power defense. set. He's, he's just, a def- he's, he's a defender, attacker. You, he's great, mm-hmm. and he's gonna punch you and punch you until you're pulverized. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. There's no quite he's like he's an he's the yeah. earthbender of the group. Okay, so then next up we have maybe my favorite character in the movie, Kingo. Kingo mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. so funny. And after the movie, Abby said nobody but Kumail could have played this character because he was no. like a movie yeah. star dickhead, but still yeah. so funny and likable and like charming and like it's the Kumail. only other person who comes close is our boy Paul Rudd. Like he was giving me mad yeah. Paul Rudd energy, just like <laughs> stealing Big the time. scene every time. Impossibly handsome this man is. Like when he was up on screen as the Bollywood dancer, I was like, "How is this guy so handsome?" I don't. I turned to my <laughs> wife. I was like, "He's handsome." Yeah. Just, it was just weird. Yeah. It was just like, uh, and I really enjoyed yeah. everything that they portrayed with him. I loved His, the sidekick. It's just he was when he like. Real- yeah, when he like thanked the Eternals, knowing yeah, that the, the world was probably going to yeah. end, and he was just like, "It's been an honor." Like, thank you. I was like, "He see, see, he represents he represents the best of humanity." Yeah. Just like Fastos's right. son, Fastos's family mm-hmm. changed Fastos's mind. Yeah, you know, just, just because. Here's the other thing: Abby had a, a a problem with the premise, which is these aliens come to this planet. They spend Mm -hmm. thousands of years and potentially eons before coming to Earth doing the same shit everywhere else. Spoiler alert. They they basically, they're the silver surfer to Galactus. They help destroy worlds. And Abby was like, okay, so they do this for a long time and then they come to Earth and it's humans that change them? Mm, I don't know. Humans are pretty shitty. (laughs) 
And I get that. <laughs> right? That's fair. But yeah. my brain is like, but that's the Silver Surfer. That's Marvel. Every Marvel comic that has something to do with space usually comes back around to the idea that like, but humanity is special. And I, yeah. and I know that humanity is not actually special in, in the real world of <laughs> existence. I know, but the United States of space, these, yeah. these yeah. metaphors, you know, they work for me. I love the, the journey that Fastos went from trying to help and ended up on the Manhattan project mm -hmm. and then seeing his work, which was like really sad and a really yeah. like pretty bold thing for Marvel to do. And then, yeah. you know, 70 years later or whatever, he's got a family and he's got a husband and he's yeah. got a son. And, and I'm like, okay, I get how he could go. He could flip a 180. I buy it. And I think that, that Kumail's uh, sidekick character, who's a great Indian actor. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been in like a, a million movies and TV shows and stuff. He was supposed to represent that. He was a beautiful, beautiful yeah, character, but absolutely. Kingo was, was so funny. Analog there. Yeah. I know, Adam, you mentioned this earlier. One of the things I didn't love about the movie is that, like, Kingo wasn't in the final conflict because Kingo was mm -hmm. like, I agree with with um, Icarus, Peace so I'm going to... Right, and right. it's kind of like, right. well, you're doing that because I understand you're juggling so many characters and you, you, know, you need to take some players off the board for simplicity and all that stuff I get, but I'm also like, but he should have been there and he you know yeah. it's it's like losing Absolutely. black widow before the before the third act of endgame you're yeah. kind of like man it's a great sacrifice but she should have been there on that battlefield anyway right when the movie started and we got through the first like act of the movie or the first third of the movie i was like how much of this is kumail in because he's barely yeah. said anything and when the internals mm -hmm. disband that's really the first time we hear him talk and then we go to his story and that mm -hmm. to me is when it really jump starts mm -hmm. his participation yes. in the movie and yeah honestly like that whole sequence where they go visit him on set they you know get the group <laughs> awesome. back together they're documenting Amazing. they're vlogging all of that stuff was like some of my favorite stuff yeah. I and mean, he's like yeah. this is my great grandfather this is my grandfather oh my god that was honestly like the most it, genius it, thing it yeah it felt like this is where the shang chi of the movie comes in because shang chi yeah. was so entertaining throughout and all the characters had that energy and now here comes kingo to to yeah. bring in some of that energy mm -hmm. to the to the rest of the proceedings is kind of the perfect person to do that absolutely so yep. good so good mr. so happy for him. mr guac talks himself <laughs> mr guac next up makari you guys talked about how cool her powers were she was one of the coolest characters yeah. one of the coolest characters I agree. and still uh, despite the fact that she was a character who was technically non-speaking, but she communicated with sign language, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Her character even, uh, like Adam, like you're saying, was sort of there in the beginning and then came in almost at the end, kind of, yeah. because I think, again, they didn't go straight to Makari because Makari and that super speed is almost too good of a mm -hmm. problem solver. Mm -hmm. But it means like, okay, we're going to spend less time with this character. So I'm glad she lived to the end. I'd like to see more of Makari mm -hmm. and frankly, more of Druig, you know, in a future thing. The last one I want to talk about, Icarus as the last member of this, the fighter mm. team. The reason mm. I really love this movie, guys, uh, spoiler alert, I did not see the twist coming with Icarus at all. Mm. And did not see because that I have, because I have familiarity with the comics, Icarus is, is from what I read, like a good dude. He's like Superman. Mm. He is that level of, of strength. And he's supposed to be that kind of a North star character. So when the movie did that, I, especially because I'm going to, I want to get this out of the way too. I was pretty, like really when the first eternal to die was sama hayek right. right and then the second one to die was gilgamesh and i'm going like mm. okay this is a very diverse cast but you just knocked out two people of color you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. what what are we doing here we like doing this here? is kind of a bummer and then the movie's heroes ended up being uh cersei icarus 
I thought was it was the most difficult acting job, and I thought Richard Madden did a great job. This dude was crying when he confessed to his team when he was like, "You think I like having to do this? I believe in the Celestials. I believe in their plan." And it yeah. was sad. I felt yeah. for him mm-hmm. when he's basically revealing he's the villain of the. And some some of the criticisms have been, "Well, it doesn't have a very strong villain with the deviants or the head deviant who is called Crow technically K R O." And I'm like, he's not the villain. The deviants are not the villains of this story. It's right. Icarus. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. And I and when that happened in the movie, I didn't feel cheated for the villain side because I was like, oh, we've been spending time with 10 characters. One of them's the villain. Mm-hmm. And that villain is going to recruit the other villain, Sprite. Yeah. And that yeah. those two villains are going to convince the third semi-villain, Kingo. Like, he's not in the – like, I felt that conflict. Anyway, I really appreciated that Icarus ended up being that character and that he maybe killed himself. You know, like that's also I, something that we it's don't. Unknown. It's, he, it's unknown. Can he survive? It's unknown. He survive? It's unknown because you know, yeah. if this were Superman, we'd go, "Oh, Superman's alive," because you know, we all know yeah. he could punch through the sun and some He's shit. So, like, maybe, he, maybe he will survive. But, but at the end of this movie, for all intents and purposes, he killed himself mm-hmm. because of the shame that he felt. I, I was like, "This is fucking great." I just did not yeah. see that twist coming. How did you guys feel about Icarus? I wouldn't say that I necessarily saw it coming. But I think as the movie went on, there was something, there was like moments where the performance would kind of shift and he would present himself in different ways that I started to think there's something, mm. something changing about this character. There's something mm-hmm. happening with this character. Mm-hmm. We were all waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, mm-hmm. during the movie. We're like, who is the villain? What, is, you know, like this yeah. can't be all of the story. While, Druig was the guy that everybody was like, oh, Druig's probably going to be the villain. Because in the comics, because he's the, in the comics, that's yeah. what kept my brain from you and know. He's being played by I really, Barry Kilgan, who Barry Kilgan has a look <laughs> that looks villainous, which is kind of a yeah. messed up thing to say. But he very much would fit the description of a villain. If you were to if you were to line all these characters up and be like, who's the bad guy? You would go, he looks yeah. a little suspect. You would not in, think in that Spanish, Icarus, the Spanish we call that travieso. He looks like the travieso, <laughs> the troublemaker. But I, but I agree. I think Richard Madden did a really good job, and I, I like the character of Icarus because he has some of those shades of Superman. Um, so when that twist happens at the end, I'm like, okay, I this this feels like the direction that this was probably gonna go. But I, mm-hmm. but I liked it. I mean, I feel like it's a um, it leans on justifying what the Celestials believe in. And I think yes. when you've when you've gone when you've lived a life for so long, and you've kind of lived at the mercy of you know this like this hierarchy, mm-hmm. at some point you're gonna believe that what they're doing is what's best for the universe. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's just like a natural thing, yeah. you know. And and yeah, I think yeah. that's why there ends up being this conflict between these characters. Yeah, I wasn't able to attach to the character of Icarus until the swap happened. When that reveal happened, I was like, oh, that's why. Like, mm-hmm. that's why this guy hasn't been giving me good vibes right from the get-go. Because, yeah, like, I, you know, they, they, they tied in that love story with Cersei. And mm-hmm. I never really bought into it very much because I didn't really buy the character of Icarus as a person that I could trust right, right. off the bat. Plus, in the and movie, so, they're like, he just disappeared and never spoke to Cersei for, yeah. like, hundreds of years. Right. And you're like... If you really loved her, if you really right. loved That's her, suspect. That's yeah. suspect. He wouldn't just randomly yeah. show up in London after an earthquake. He like, just, I just always made, I just had came like by to this, make sure you're okay. I'm like mm-hmm. he always had this like cold facade Distance. to him, and I just yeah. couldn't really attach to the character. And then, like I said, when the when the twist and the reveal happened, I was like, that makes sense. That's, That's why. why. That's why I was was yeah. keeping so, his distance from me as a as an audience member. 
let's go to the thinkers or the people that have like magical powers and stuff. First mm -hmm. up, Cersei, Gemma Chan. She's wonderful. I think she's perfect for the role. I think they're setting her up. I think she's going to be on the Avengers because that's what happens to Cersei while mm -hmm. she's dating Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, you know, the Kit Harrington character. So I think both of them will have a future in the MCU that will be interesting and important. I thought that she was pretty lovely and I felt the the I felt the love that this character is supposed to have for humanity. So I thought she was great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel I, yeah. I feel I feel the same way. It was a, it was a probably the strongest character in the movie, which I guess makes sense if you end up inheriting the leadership role of the characters then like yeah, that makes yep. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chance yeah. a star. She she did really well in this role. Uh every scene she was in even they were even though there were some long exposition scenes there was just mm. you couldn't take your eyes off her she was just yeah. great to watch on screen yeah. uh yeah. the the character of cersei i think um she did a really good job of portraying the reluctant leader uh that that yes. cersei is um because there are moments where i did feel her anxiousness to take the role and to make the decision and mm. uh, that's mm -hmm. all credit to Gemma chan for being able to convey that yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I want to see more of, of, of Cersei for sure. You will, we will, we will. Um, mm -hmm. I also want to talk about the Cersei and Icarus relationship. They, the MCU gives us our first sex scene, which That's I think right. is, I, 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 when that I happened, think, I was like, people yeah, keep talking like, about this, this and I'm like, Marvel. Okay. <laughs> let me, t let like, me tell you why. Whatever. It's fine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting because it's noteworthy because that it is one of the things that it almost feels like Marvel was aware of the criticism yeah. because since Iron Man one, you know, adult movie critics are like, none of these characters have ever have sex. They're sexless. There's mm -hmm. romance in these movies, but it's all very kid friendly PG kind of yeah. romance, you know, and, and mm -hmm. kissing and stuff. And that's fine. But I, I think that Marvel was almost aware of it, but it didn't feel like they just put it in this movie just to put it in this movie. It felt, felt like right. it was appropriate because it was like these two characters, yeah. they are in love and have been for mm -hmm. thousands of years. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful moment of it's not just a sex scene. It is intimacy. It is yeah. actually showing intimacy between two characters. Great. Next Can character. Be honest with you. I'm very yeah. surprised that they put Festos and Ben kissing in this movie. If I'm going to be totally yeah. honest, let me tell you. Let me the tell fact you. That Disney put that in the movie. I'm like, hmm. I feel like that's something gonna, that Chloe Zhao was very much like. If we don't do this, this is going to be very. Yeah. Um. I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for just very dishonest. Dis to the movie. Disingenuous. Yeah. Dis yeah dishonest. Yeah. So a couple things about that. I feel the same way. I love that moment, and I want to talk about Fastos next. Fastos kissing his husband got an applause at our screening at like the premiere like yeah. all of the movie critics everybody applauded because it is something you know of that 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 they have not shown a kiss between like a same-sex kiss mm -hmm. in any of these marvel movies after all of the uh different sex kisses that we've seen between all yeah. the all the men and women of these films like i i i talked to chloe Zhao about it i got to interview the her and for five minutes and brought it up and she was like she goes, it's something that Marvel wanted to do. It wasn't like her, it wasn't like her pitch. It was like Marvel wow. was on it. They were aware of it. And mm -hmm. that it is also like what the actors, it's like what was happening when they were shooting the scene. That's what that's what it felt like. And so they did it and they shot it and then it's in the movie. It it and it and she was describing it to me where I was like, okay, it, it didn't seem like it was a shot on a shot list. It, it, like a checklist. Right. Like it felt like right. again, it was organic to the story and important for the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's the other thing, though. I'm going to break your heart a little bit, Adam. Apparently, the movie's not going to be released in China. Uh, but it's not because of that. It's because of Chloe Zhao coming from China when she was doing press for Nomadland, talked about how she grew up in China and it was incredibly repressive. 
So the Chinese mm, government I see. doing what the Chinese government does was like, okay, well, we're not going to show Hero. any Chloe Zhao movies ever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to keep that um, misinformation going. And it's a shame. And I wonder if that wasn't the case. And if this, if Eternals was opening in China, one of the few movies that, you know, is able to make it through, if Marvel would have kept it, if we would have heard stories that it would open in China, but that scene is that, that shot is cut out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like they did that with star Wars, isn't did it with star Wars and it's frustrating and it's bullshit. And I just wish that Marvel or a company like Disney would turn down literally millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to make a point, to be like, look, if you, if you're not going to open this movie, the way it is, you're not going to get our movie. I think that would be yeah. great, but I don't yeah. know when that's ever going to happen. And that sucks, but um, mm. it was a beautiful moment. I'm very happy. It's in the movie. And their kid yeah. is adorable. I agree. Yeah, that kid is absolutely so another funny. scene stealer, man. That yeah. kid was great. Yeah. I agree with all your How sentiments. How do we feel about Adam, him? Adam called Fastos Donatello, and I was like, yes, that's exactly yeah. who he is. The Donatello. I think Brian Tyree Henry was really good at selling the physical, actual, like, construction of what he was doing. You know, I yeah. think mm-hmm. Robert Downey was so good at that, the Iron Man movies, of just, like, taking all the pieces apart and putting it back together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting getting to see another character do it, and he does it in such a nice, fluid way. And I don't know, yeah. it was just very, like, pleasing to the eye to watch him construct, you know, steam engines and all these, like, different weapons right, right, and right. all these things. And I think he's also a character who does carry a lot of weight on his shoulders because he, for better or for worse, is responsible for a lot of the advancement of humanity and him and mm-hmm. Druig and some of the other characters, you know, they're kind of at odds of like, well, maybe we advanced them too much, but yep. we've given them too, too much, much power. Yeah. Now Where's that line? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now yeah. they're committing genocide. And so I think they were having, I think they were having a lot of very interesting conversations about their powers and what they represent and what something yes. like the ability to create and to evolve, you know, basically passing that on to other civilizations like what does that mean for them? So right, there were some right. really, really in- cool moments, interesting moments with that character. That I yeah. Did you guys really see? Well. Did you guys see at the premiere? Brian Tyree Henry. He said because he was asked. Everybody asked all these actors, "What other Marvel character do you want to meet?" He said that he believes it's his head canon that Fastos helped Wakandans develop a lot of their tech. Ooh, you know, baby. thousands of years ago. And cool. I'm like. And I'm like, that's dope. Yeah, and he said he would like to meet the, the the entire Dora Milaje. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. That was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that that's so great. cool to think that these characters have been there from the beginning. I, I remember, I forgot which one, but one of the characters said that they knew Thor or something when he was a that little was, kid. Uh, Kingo. That was Kingo. Kingo. He's like, and he's like, now he, he won't like, return Thor my calls. He used to follow me around all oh, the time. Oh, yeah, that's he won't right. return my calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good that's, moment. That's, yeah. I want to see some of that shit. I want to see some flashbacks and stuff. Druig. Great actor, interesting character. He he's I, I, distant. He's distant. Yes, yeah. was but like, I think that's by design. Miller. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> I almost feel like like he is almost a red herring in the movie, right? Oh, to yeah. make you think maybe yeah. he's behind it all, and then it ends up I being mean, his Icarus. power so, is to literally control yeah. people. Yeah, of course yeah. you're going to think that that's the bad guy because usually right. any yeah. character that's associated with some sort of mind manipulation or mind control, yep. nine times out of ten yep. they're the bad guy. It was Agatha all along, you guys. It was Agatha all along. That's right. It was Agatha. And some of the stuff he was saying, I also was like, this is pretty good writing because I agree with him. Like some of the stuff I was like, Druig, you're not wrong, dude. Yeah, I think wrong, I think Druig, yeah. Druig is an outsider. He's a he because he under I think because he's so aware of his power set and how it works and the type mm-hmm. of ramifications that it can have on societies or people. He's very aware of that. So I think him being the character who kind of pushes back and says, like, well, why are we doing this? What's the purpose of this? You right. just told me what our real intention is, but you're asking mm-hmm. me to do something without me being able to even process what you just told me. 
So I, I mm-hmm. think there's like a lot of interesting layers and conflict to that character. And I honestly, throughout a lot of the movie, I was like, he's not necessarily wrong. And are mm-hmm. they using this as a vehicle to then reveal yep. that he's going to be the main villain of the story? It would have right. worked for me. But the right. fact that he actually ends up, you know, helping them was really, you know really what it gets, cool. you, you know, what gets me excited about is I want to see that the, the storytellers and the writers that Marvel studios hire mm-hmm. to do a new Magneto Charles Xavier. Cause you know, that shit's going to be fire, dude. You yeah. know that Marvel has gotten really smart at doing yeah. supervillain superhero ethical discussions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And these characters talk about ethics. It's very like, even the Netflix uh, Daredevil and Punisher scene from season yeah. two of Daredevil, like oh my that's like God. the best yeah. part of that show, dude. Yeah. So yeah. I can't wait for that. Next Sprite is that actress did a Useless. great job, and I think <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I hated Sprite so much, man. I think it's 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 uh it, I, I was like I hope they didn't do the thing like they do an interview with a vampire that Kirsten Dunst played this little girl who was turned into a vampire in that movie in second. the '90s. The fact that it when you're an adult brain in a little kid body and you're eternal you're immortal that you will inevitably go evil or go mad because of Mm. course that would drive you insane and they kind of did it but then they kind of backed away from it and then they solved the problem where i was like well how are you going to have this actress come back and play this character at the end of the movie they're like you're human now i'm like that's very convenient that's very nice you can bring the actress back i thought she did a great job she was not my favorite character because the story necessitated that this character was going to be a cog She's kind of annoying. I, She's I, kind of I really dislike that this character yeah. was in this movie. I just yeah. <laughs> I don't like the fact that they glossed over the fact that she stabbed Cersei and they were okay at the end. Like I don't yeah. care how long I've well, known you guys. Right. Hector, if you stab me, bro, there's gonna be beef for years, dog. Like someone's gonna sure. get choked. Yeah. You know it, bro. For you sure. know it. For you know, sure. You know you shouldn't have stabbed me, but you stabbed me. There's beef. But you know, when it comes to Eternals, is is a stabbing equivalent to me like poking you with a paperclip and me being like, ha, take that, man. Like, stabbed. Who knows? Who knows? Because she was pretty hurt, right? I mean, despite Cersei turning that that dagger into water, you stabbed me, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, she was hurting. So that's that's one of the things that really frustrates me with this movie is that they made her character switch. Uh, right. dependent on something that we didn't spend a lot of time on. So she wanted to that. be a part of humanity. I get that. She wanted to, to feel an age and grow, which yeah. is amazing, which is a great reason for somebody, uh, for uh, reasons for somebody to do something. But the yeah. fact that we spent zero time exploring that, but she mm-hmm. used that reason to stab Cersei, I'm like, nah, bro. No, 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 no. You're yeah, you're not using this character in the correct way. She should have been cut completely out of the movie. I'm sorry, but that's mm. there, there could have been some characters who were just cut and there was mm. you know. Yeah. And like Adam is saying, maybe mind. maybe we meet maybe we meet other eternals later, kind of a thing. You know, right, I, exactly. I I, I, the I first half I liked, first half of the team was presented. I liked the symmetry of having five and five and having it being ten characters and you know, I liked all that stuff, but but I, I agree. I think that some characters unfortunately got the the short stick and i think yeah sprite was yeah. one of them here's yeah. another one this is maybe my least favorite thing about the movie can we talk about it a jack yeah i really she liked a jack uh, i did not like how she was killed that made me sad <laughs> i was, was frustrated dirty. by that she was done a was little another, dirty it was another dude pushing a lady off a cliff and i was like here we go yeah here we yeah. go, here we go again the, the, the difference is is that she she was able to get up and take a shotgun and fight some of the yeah. deviants and then she was killed right. and so right but basically yeah it is similar to the black widow and gamora deaths yeah and 
she was still like it's interesting because she was dead near the beginning of the movie and then i was like oh this movie's a murder mystery who killed an eternal how did this happen okay i get it i get that that's part of what this movie is but i was also like man i wanted some hayek to like be in marvel movies plural mm -hmm. yeah, and i think yeah. that that role is going to go to angelina jolie in terms of a like veteran actress who is so good at acting super smart has an awesome career family person also gorgeous human being beyond like i was like mm -hmm. i wanted also salma to do that but it's gonna yeah. be angelina and it felt like she was still a presence throughout the movie and mm -hmm. i thought that the, the flashback where she's on the ranch because remember when she's killed and she's a body i was like wait a minute there's some shit in a trailer that we haven't seen yet where she's on her little yeah. horse on the ranch and that was later yeah, with a flashback with when it was like <laughs> mm -hmm. when it was like a week ago and she's talking to icarus yeah so she still felt a presence throughout don't get me wrong and i liked her i think her performance i think having sama hayek there's a world where maybe sama and angelina could almost could, could almost have swapped roles could mm -hmm. Sama Hayek have played Thena? Maybe, but she's not as a as I don't think as a physical of an actor as Angelina is and has been. Angelina has done stunt shit before. She's Tomb Raider, mm -hmm. but I also think that Sama had such a commanding presence and she has such an yeah. authoritative voice that when she's talking to the Celestial, uh, I was like, "Cool, this I, this works, this works." Mm -hmm, yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm just sad that she died. I don't no, know. How do you guys feel yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, right. accent. I could have just had a. a a movie with her the, for two hours i've been good yeah me too man. yeah no me I, too. I feel like they they really um you're right hector they made their choice as to who was going to continue their legacy in the mcu unfortunately it was not selma uh i feel mm -hmm. like they kind of underutilized her amazing performances too by kind of subduing her but you're right i think she did do the most that she could do with this role by using her voice to really command the scenes that she was in. She wasn't yeah. mm -hmm. like when, 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 when uh, Icarus grabbed her and was about to throw her off the cliff, she was still trying to be kind and compassionate to him yep. and say, dude, you Love don't that. need to do this. She didn't get physical. And I felt yep. every ounce of leadership and compassion and love that she has to try to convince him otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I think yeah. only an actor like Selma Hayek could do something like that, which, which I think was great, but I really am disappointed that we're not going to see her in future installments. It's interesting because the character in the comics is a male character. And Salma mm -hmm. was saying, I'm playing this character who was a man in the comics and I am a Latina and I am middle-aged and I am an action hero. You know, I'm not somebody's mm -hmm. mother or grandmother. And she was saying, Salma Hayek said that her mom, when she found out that she was going to be cast in a Marvel movie, or maybe Salma believed it herself, that like Marvel was trying to reach mm -hmm. out to her, that she was like, oh, I'm not interested because I don't want to play the mom of a superhero. Like she thought she right. was going to be like Marissa Tomei right. and Spider-Man yeah. or something like that. And I love that feeling. And yet she's kind of the mom of all the Eternals. So I think that <laughs> yeah, by, cha yeah. right? by changing the character from a male character to a female character, I think there was inherently... A, a motherly quality that came out, which I thought was beautiful because right. Sama Hayek right. is a mom. Like that's yeah. part of her humanity and it came through, but it's like, it's interesting how Angelina gets to be, you know, the action hero with like no attachments other than Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. And Sama is going to be the motherly, kind of the Latina energy motherly thing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's all valid. I'm not mad at it, but it just made me want more variety with that type of actor going forward. Mm -hmm. If Sama is going to be the mom of all the Eternals and have that energy, then I want to see a future movie where we just have a middle-aged Latina superhero who's like not the mom energy. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah. so that, that, that was also an interesting part of the film. And again, my least favorite part is that Sama Hayek died. 
Because I just want to see Salma Hayek in these movies more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need more excellence ah. in these movies, you I want, guys. I want more Salma Hayek, but not in Hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> right. But here's a good news, too. Here's a good news. Or something. It was only her and Gilgamesh who died and Icarus. Literally, this is the most recent movie in the MCU. So if they ever did a flashback with anything from here to the beginning of the MCU, to yeah. the beginning of time, mm-hmm. Salma Hayek could be in it. So. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. if we get if we get a similar storytelling approach in Eternals 2 or whatever, they could still populate the movie with flashbacks and we could still right. see, you know, Sama and Gilgamesh yeah. and they should bring those actors back and yeah. Yeah. that would be tight. The Celestials were cool, kind of mind-blowing. They were fucking huge. Holy shit, man. Uh, that last scene that where it takes where it takes Cersei, I was like, if we saw something like that, oh, yeah. Yeah. Christ. And <laughs> I think they did a really good job of conveying how big they Massive. are like really really then good when job. it like goes back into deep space it like goes through through a black hole and i'm like yeah yo yeah. those things could yeah. f- yeah. up that so bad great. and we don't even <laughs> realize bad. it yeah <laughs> it's like are they a threat to galactus i'm like maybe <laughs> like i think yeah. i think they're a level above galactus i think galactus uh, yeah. is here because galactus right. is more physical and he's like mm-hmm. no my only job is i go from planet to planet and eat it and eat that's them. it yeah, but the celestials are like we create celestials from a from a <laughs> egg, and it is born through a planet, and we create the stars. And you're like, holy shit! I feel like um, that whole concept, that whole plot, it's so it requires like so much lifting. That's kind of why when we're talking about the non spoiler section, I'm almost like I feel like this could have been two movies. I feel like the first movie mm-hmm. could have just been the history yeah. of the Eternals and everything that they've done up to this point in the MCU. Then the yeah. second half of the first movie is about okay, what, what is their purpose? Like what's happening? And then assembling yes. the team and then having characters. For the story. Yeah. And then having, but, having some of these deviants be like the main threat. And then in the second yes. movie, focus on, this is actually what your real purpose is on earth. Icarus mm-hmm. is the villain. We're going to birth this celestial from earth and destroy it. And now yeah, you have yeah. to try to figure out how to stop it. It's a lot. I, I will movie. say it is. I will say maybe Marvel, and I have no idea, but maybe they, 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 in their decision making, because you were saying earlier, Adam, maybe it should have been a Disney Plus show. Did y'all see how just today, I think on Twitter, James Gunn was saying, oh, actually, initially, they wanted me to do shorts, like a Marvel one shot for each Guardian of the Galaxy and put it in front of a movie until we got to Guardians of the Galaxy so that audiences would meet these characters, characters. before that movie. Mm-hmm. He even shot a little thing with Rocket and Groot, you know, to be one of these one shots. And then they all scrapped it and he decided not to do it because he's like, I just want to focus on the movie. It's too much. Yeah. And I yeah. and I I believe that the reason they didn't do what you're saying, Adam, they looked at it and they went, the Disney Plus shows right now are really like showing different sides of characters that we already know. You know, and even Miss Marvel is going to make a jump to the movies. And, and so we're going to spend time with Kamala Khan. And maybe they looked at it and they're like, we want Eternals to be big movie characters we want these characters and what they're doing to impact the big movie world because frankly are we going to see a lot of the impact and fallout from the falcon and the winter soldier in the mcu probably not are we going to see fallout from wandavision other than what happened to wanda i don't know are we going to see fallout of loki i think so because it's all it's all timeline shenanigans i feel like that like that Show definitely has some sort of an impact, yeah. Yeah, but but again, Falcon Winter Soldier with its focus on its very character base and what these two guys are going through in their in their characters and stuff. I think that they looked at it and they went, "I don't, we don't want, we just want audiences to go to this one movie. Yes, it'll be a long movie, but we're going to do it all in one. It's a one Mm -hmm. one and done. And maybe it is a little separated from the MCU. In fact, Chloe Zhao said that she is a Marvel fan." 
was trying to be like, oh, should we bring in this character? Should we bring in this character? Should we bring in this idea? But that Kevin Feige and producer Nate Moore, they were the ones to be like, no, we want to separate. We want to take a step back after the Infinity mm -hmm. Saga, take a breath and have audiences just meet these characters in just this story. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one thing that I think I'm, I'm a little kind of let down with the movie, even though I really loved it, is that after the Celestial almost comes through the fucking Earth at the end of the movie, <laughs> there's no response from the rest of the planet. And I feel like if this movie was its own if this movie was its own sci-fi movie, it, there would be a whole resolution, a whole falling action of like, mm -hmm. you know, ladies and gentlemen, we can't believe we're seeing that. You know, we'd see news, we'd see other people around the world respond. We would see how that would impact the world. But it, again, it feels like Marvel's being like, hold, hold on that. We're gonna get to that later. And I know we will, but there's still a side of me that's like, I would have liked to have seen more other than just Kit Harrington touching a sword, like, or them walking <laughs> in the park being like, yeah. I guess you're an eternal now. I guess yeah. so. Oh, I'm being called to space. It's like, I'm yeah. like, this is so chill and calm for what just yeah. happened. You guys are having that conversation too. Yeah, yeah we were absolutely. having that conversation. The moment we left the, the theater, we were having that conversation. Totally. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like, you know, in the, in the past... It's it's obviously evolved, right? Because in the first Avengers movie, that's all it is. It's literally just those Avengers. Every superpowered being that we know of up to that point is in that battle. And then it gets mm -hmm. bigger right. and bigger and it evolves and evolves. And once we get to Endgame, obviously, all those characters are involved in that battle. So it's, it's understood why you don't get that sort of stuff. But yeah. I know in the mm -hmm. past there have been some of those movies where we're like, if this is like really earth-shattering shit, mm -hmm. wouldn't Cap show up? Like, wouldn't other... And I mean, okay, what right. what what characters could have realistically shown up in this movie? Thor, but he's off with the Guardians. Captain Marvel, right. she's in deep space. I understand why we would have those conversations. And it also kind of depends on like where exactly this movie takes place in terms of the present yes. timeline. I, I have to imagine Eternals is the most recent. And I think that Shang-Chi takes place before Spider-Man Far From Home because that is a cliffhanger that leads right into Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think mm. that's going to lead right into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And after yeah. Doctor Strange's events in Spider-Man, no, I'm sorry, that's when Shang-Chi takes place because Doctor Strange isn't mm. there. It's only Wong. Mm. I think that's purposeful. I think that Wong being the only guy in Shang-Chi to show up and not Stephen Strange means that maybe Shang-Chi is happening at the same time as the Doctor Strange movie or after or he's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you guys are right. Like, it would have been cool to see other characters respond and react. Even at the end of Shang-Chi, the way that like Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers were like, welcome to the circus, man. Like, okay, these yeah. rings are crazy. See you later. Yeah. There's no response from other characters about like, there's a celestial hand and half a half a head sticking out of the, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So we'll, but we'll see it. And I'm, yeah. and I'm excited about it. The Black Knight stuff is hopefully going to be really cool. I think it was cool. They got Kit Harrington. <laughs> That's just a... It's just a seed I, planting. I don't, cool. I don't know anything about that character, but I'm 100% convinced that the character who he was talking to was Uatu the Watcher. I mean, maybe, man. I, if it, it here's, here's the deal Sam with his Jackson. character. It was yeah, it definitely was not Jackson. Nick Fury. Because no. we had people come out of yeah. like, was that Nick Fury? And I'm like, that sounded yeah. like Jeffrey Wright to me. Yeah. Here's the deal, too. Uh, his character, Dane Whitman, is the descendant of someone who was, I think, on like Arthur's round table, mm -hmm. like a medieval knight. And he was the original Black Knight, and he had something called the Ebony Blade, which again in the movie earlier it's it's name dropped. And yeah. Thena goes, "No, it's not. It's Excalibur or something like just to mm -hmm. just to let you know, like the Ebony Blade is a famous fake fake sword in this world. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in the comics, the modern day Dane Whitman or Kit Harrington's character, he is contacted by 
the ghost of his ancestor. Like he comes mm-hmm. through and talks to him and tells him, you got to be the new Black Knight, almost like an Obi-Wan. And I think there's even parts of, there's maybe got versions it. of the Black Knight story where Dane Whitman straight up talks to Merlin himself, the wizard. So like maybe That's they got, cool. a, I, don't, I don't know if they cast an actor to play either of these roles. I don't know if, if he sounded, if we're saying Jeffrey Wright and Sam Jackson because the actor sounded black or African-American or like, like Jeffrey a Wright black British me. guy. Because we, 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 yeah, we it, spent the last, yeah. you know, eight weeks watching What If and he's right. in the bond, you know, like I know him from the Did bond he have movies. a British accent? No. Did he have a British accent no, or an American no accent? accent? No, no. Then was, what the hell? So, are, so, so that's my hey, thing is like, listen, we just had the Batman trailer. Listen. We heard him say some stuff in there. He's in 007. He's in What If. And I'm like, that sounded too much like uatu the watcher to me mm-hmm. yeah but i could, could be, be wrong. I, I mean they could also make merlin the wizard like have an american accent they, you know sure, they, yeah. we, we've seen yeah. fun takes on these characters from mythology before so like mm-hmm. i'm excited i just think it's cool also harry styles is in the movie as star fox <laughs> yeah which is yeah. nuts uh, and pat oswald pat oswald was pip the troll oh you guys don't know about this character i mean i yeah, know about the post credits yeah. because cool, cool, cool. it was spoiled for me on twitter but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This 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 mid credit scene is wild because Patton Oswalt comes back to the MCU after playing the multiple characters. Scene. Yeah, uh, he, he plays multiple characters in Agents of Shield, but that's probably mm-hmm. not canon. So Patton is mm-hmm. Pip the Troll, which is hilarious. Uh, Pip the Troll <laughs> is a character usually usually associated with Adam Warlock. So mm-hmm. it's you know it, know it, this was the character coming. who. This was a character who fans were, I think maybe it's a little too on the nose and maybe it was a little uh, uh, typecasting, but they were like, oh, this is who Peter Dinklage is going to play or in Infinity War. That is not who Peter Dinklage played, thankfully, which is great. But people thought he was going to play Pip. Patton Oswalt, perfect casting. He's just this drunk guy who can teleport. That's basically (laughs) it. Um, He has he's like super, super powerful, but he's basically this fun little fun loving drunk guy. Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox, is a very interesting character. I don't know too much about him, but here's what I do know about him. He's involved in a storyline in Marvel Comics history where he maybe uses his powers, which are like super pheromones to get like the opposite sex to be attracted to him. Mm-hmm. He maybe uses those powers to sleep with a woman character. And then the comic books kind of say like, that wasn't really consensual. And then other male avengers like don't really get on eros's case about it like and that's part of the controversy is that this female character was like what the hell you guys like why aren't you backing me up on this so i think that the same way they avoided hank pym hitting his wife janet you'll never see that in the movies that's never going to be addressed they barely touched on tony stark's alcoholism but there's a reference Mm -hmm. of you know moment of clarity or whatever like he's sober Mm and later in the movies I think we're never going to see that storyline. And I think in an, an effort to avoid any of that, they got an actor who like most women on earth love, who is Harry Styles. <laughs> they got this yeah. young mm-hmm. heartthrob. Like they got a guy who is mm-hmm. dating Olivia Wilde. I don't know what this guy's deal is. He's a musician. He's incredibly famous. And I don't know shit about <laughs> Harry Styles. So when he came hair. up on screen, yeah. when he came up on screen, y'all, at my screening, people were like cheering like, Woo! like that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. So Marvel fan base is about seems, to get really young. <laughs> re, which, you know, they know what they're doing. They're getting um, Haley Steinfeld and as yeah, Kate Bishop. They like, they know we're what they're getting, doing. Us fuckers are getting old. So yep. hopefully the, this character, Star Fox, which I don't think they're going to use. I think they're going to call him Eros, brother of Thanos. They're going to reveal how he's related to Thanos in the movies. They're going to reveal where he was. They're going to reveal what kind of character he is. And hopefully he's fun and hopefully we like him, which would be a little he's bit different style. to horror. I mean, if your last that's name is just, Styles, it's, it's, 
Come on. Yeah. It's like getting Jason Momoa to play Aquaman because they were trying to, they're, you know, they were doing the, we have to make Aquaman seem cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So they got Jason right. Momoa, who's one of the coolest humans that's walking around right now. So yeah uh yeah that was that was pretty wild and i did not see that coming and it was it it, no. it definitely gave me the the feelings of when we saw sam jackson as nick fury at the end of the first because you're like i know that actor oh this is perfect the character he's playing but mm. i don't think eros is as important as nicholas fury so whatever <laughs> it's fine uh, nicholas fury wow yeah i um i mean it was cool i i again we're entering a phase into the marvel marvel stuff where me as somebody who did not grow up reading marvel comics it doesn't matter if you put Harry Styles or if you put Matt Damon or it, it, I'm like, I don't know anything about Thanos' brother. So to me, this is just like, yeah. okay, it's a new character, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't have that excitement from a comic book lover, from mm -hmm. a lover of Harry Styles, because I don't, I never listened to um, uh, One this Direction. This character is kind of a I, deep cut yeah. though, Adam. So don't feel bad. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, that's I, what I'm saying. That's what I definitely saying. don't, but I... Yeah. You know, whether it's a fan of the character or a fan of the actor, I'm like, I don't, I'm going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. When I was growing my hair long, Harry Styles is the person I was modeling my hair after. Because oh, he has great long hair for yeah. a dude. And so I was like, yeah, I want hair like him. But then I realized how much it would take to get hair like him. I was like, yeah, I don't want it that bad. <laughs> I don't want that. The amount of money it's that's a in lot that of hair. A lot of work, buddy. A lot of work uh, to do. Yeah. But your guys' hair looks so great anyway. <laughs> Y'all look so great. Anyway, I liked Eternals. I can't wait to watch yeah. it again. I I can't I think it's a movie that is also deserving of a revisit. Definitely different viewing experience the second time I see it. You know, so I'm looking well, forward Hector, to it. Hector, I want you to give us your opinion after you watch Dune. Watch Dune. Mm, and I can't we wait. Can talk yep, about it yep, yep. on the podcast. We'll talk about it on the podcast and see hey. how you feel a little bit differently <laughs> after watching the Dune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. and I think that's that's going to be the interesting thing about this movie is I think for a Marvel movie, it is quite different in terms of the story it presents, the characters it builds out, how it you know does all these things. And I think that is absolutely a product of Chloe Zhao's directing talent. Yes. Yeah. Nomadland. Yeah. I mean, just any of her movies. Like I love Nomadland. I think it's really really good. But I know what type of audience the majority of Marvel audiences are. I know that they would look at Nomadland and be like, this is not yeah. my speed. And I think- right. Here's the thing too. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to say real quick too, is that I feel like every time a Marvel movie comes out, the expectation is like, is it the best Marvel movie ever made? Is it everyone's new favorite character? Exactly. And I'm kind of like, right, right, that's right. not how Marvel comics operates. That's not how movies I think Marvel work. comics, that's yeah. not how movies work, but especially with, even though they're all part of the same series, technically, yeah. I don't think that the Iron Man movies were trying to outdo the Thor movies, were trying to outdo the Captain America movies. It's they made movies with each other. characters and different people are going to have different favorites. So this movie's gonna come out and I don't think it's the best Marvel movie and I don't think it's gonna be everyone's favorite Marvel movie, yeah. but I think a lot of people are gonna watch this movie and a lot of kids are gonna watch this movie and go, that's my favorite character. Totally. And that's mm -hmm. awesome because this yeah. movie is beautiful, yeah. it's well done, it's emotional, it has great messages in it and it's diverse. There's gonna be deaf kids yeah. watching this movie. And they're going to be, you know what I mean? Like that level of like, I yeah. could start crying thinking about that shit. There's going to be gay kids that watch this movie and see themselves other places, but to see themselves in this yeah. world, you know, a mm -hmm. kiss, just a yeah. kiss. There's going to be it, it, uh, South Asian kids that watch this, Pakistani kids mm -hmm. like Kumail. They're going to see, you know, there's going to be Indian kids that mm -hmm. watch this. Like mm -hmm. that is so, so great. So Eternals are going to be a lot of people's favorite characters, but it's not oh. going to be everybody's 
I'm gonna be, and that's okay. That's Marvel, baby. Yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. that's. I think that's what's so special about movies is like, no two. It's and not that it's uncommon, but it's not as common that the same two. The two people have the exact same experience or love or compassion right. or right. deep sort of like. Uh, I don't know, just whatever. Love for the movie. I mean, everyone yeah. has a diff. Everyone has different feelings and experiences going into a movie. Like we talked about on the podcast, yeah. American Ninja Warrior. It's it's a silly movie, but like our uh, American Ninja, get it right. American Ninja, okay. sorry. American <laughs> Ninja. Our, our background going into those movies <laughs> is different from from Augustine's. Yes. Same yeah. thing for me mm-hmm. and Halloween. For you guys, yeah. you know, like we all mm-hmm. have that thing. So. Of course, there's going to be people who are going to walk out of Eternals and be like, I love this movie, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. just as valid as our love for other Marvel movies. Agreed. Forever. All right, boys, Bye. let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for watching. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. What did you think of Eternals? What are some of your takeaways? What were some of your favorite characters and or moments? Maybe some Easter eggs that we might have missed, because I'm sure there probably was some stuff that someone like me, who's maybe not as experienced as Marvel Comics, mm-hmm, might find mm-hmm, some stuff. Mm-hmm. Let us know in the comments below. Check out our new podcast, Chexicans. It's on the channel. It's also on Spotify and iTunes. And we'll see you guys in the next review. Bye.